In every game, you got to have the brains and the muscle. The game and the hustle. <laughs> to be real on these streets. Welcome to the Powder Hounds Podcast, a ski trivia game podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Shaw. You can follow me on Twitter at Powderhound Skis. You can also email me at powderhoundskitrivia at gmail.com for comments, questions, or corrections. Today's episode is a good one. The second annual March Mogul Madness episode. Unlike the NCAA tournaments, these bracket matchups take place in the Green Mountain State, that is Vermont. It's a bell-to-bell episode with my original ski partner in crime, Eric Lundquist. Our music inspiration is Ice Cube's Maniac in the Brainiac, which you may recognize from the soundtrack and movie Bullworth, starring Warren Beatty and Halle Berry. While this particular song happens to be one of a few inside jokes on the pod, of course, inside jokes play well on podcasts, <laughs> the lyrics actually align with our March Madness theme. In every game, whether NCAA or Mogul Madness, you need brains and the muscle, the game and the hustle, to both outlast your opponent on the court and answer ski trivia questions correctly. Will Eric set the all-time trivia points record? Which ski area wins this year's bracket? What spring events are Vermont ski areas hosting? Why am I so into ski trails that share a name with actual ski areas? And how happy does Good in the Woods Productions make you feel? Find out all that and more on today's episode. So sit back, kick your feet up, relax, and enjoy the experience of everything skiing and riding. Powder hounds. Welcome, friends, to the second annual March Mogul Madness of this Powder Hounds podcast. It's going to be a good one. I am beyond excited to welcome one of my oldest, nearest, and dearest friends to the pod today, my OG, all the way back to the elementary school days, the maniac to my brainiac, the psycho to my mud, the page side to my mic side, the defense to my attack, the mogul Eric to my alpine Jeff, the myth, the man, the legend, Eric Lundquist. Eric, welcome to the show, my man. Hey, thank you for the warm welcome, Alpine Jeff. And I'm glad that you mentioned the name so that I didn't have to. <laughs> All good, my man. It's great seeing you. And uh, we're going to have some fun today. And uh, in your honor, I know for folks that are listening, uh, Eric in the, on his background has a awesome vintage photo circa 1992. Yeah, maybe 92 the latest. 1992 from Mohawk Mountain in Cornwall, Connecticut. It looks like a spring ski day based on us in uh, overalls, turtleneck, and some questionable, I guess, ski gear, at least from that is awful, standards. Awful in the best possible way attire. 
All right. Well, in that spirit, awful attire, and in your honor, before we get started, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a, I'm gonna rock a few throwback items I did not brief you on before we get started. Oh, so for okay. those listening, I'm about to switch hats. I'm wearing a March Madness related hat, UConn basketball hat. I'm gonna switch it to a ugly wow. fluorescent 1990s <laughs> pink and black and green colored Okimo hat, which used to be littered with pins uh, that I guess used to also be a thing in maybe the 90s and 80s. And uh, so if you can appreciate that, I'm also gonna move on to a different background. Oh, you were saving something for me. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) And of course, so Jeff is showing me a picture of us from probably like our eighth grade yearbook. Uh, Eric, (laughs) and of course, my name is spelled incorrectly. I I did notice that. (laughs) I am Eric with a K. My name is not spelled Eric with a K. And it looks like me and Jeff had a good time skiing. Uh, And a funny story. So you see those gloves I'm wearing. I think you pronounce it like Rayush or Roosh or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, about four years ago, I went skiing with TJ Gallo and he had those gloves on. And I was like, I used to have a pair just like those. He goes, dude, these are yours. You gave them to me probably 15 years ago. So he still had them well into his thirties. And that's impressive. That picture right there is from probably 1995, 94. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to guess that. I wish I could zoom in on the, the lift tickets hanging from a wicket. Do you know what area that is? Is that butternut so, or... It, it could have been butternut. I feel like Connecticut or Fairfield usually brought us to butternut. They brought us to Mohawk. Mm. Um, yeah, that could have been one of the overnight trips, though, too. Uh, Sunday River, maybe? I don't know. Maybe. Oh, that was, those were epic oh. trips. But yeah, wow. Look at those outfits. Nice, nice work on that one. <laughs> we have to dig into the uh, location uh, another time. All right. And finally, one more, perhaps the most comical throwback vintage item which you probably will only appreciate as we get into the episode but i'm going to i'm wearing a fleece uh jacket right now i'm just going to unzip it real quick and reveal what's underneath just going superman on me wow (laughs) coast guard represent coast guard ossifer it's a don't worry about me i am in the coast guard that is amazing. I know inside jokes don't always play well on podcasts, but I really appreciate that you shared that with me. All right, man. Well, with that, we will uh, maybe get to a little bit more of the mystery later, but we're going uh, to get going, man. We're going to get going. I want uh, the listeners to learn a little bit about you, my man, our guest today, Eric. We're going to do our usual guest lightning round questions. And uh, first and foremost, how long have you been skiing and uh, what ski area did you cut your teeth on? I know we mentioned a few, but maybe there are a few others. Yeah, so I had to think about this and I just realized that I am now in my third decade skiing. I've officially been skiing for 30, 31 years. I actually just turned 40 a couple of weeks ago. So happy birthday. I mean, thank you. I'm in my fourth decade. But uh, yeah, so my first time skiing was ever, you know, you busted out the Okimo hat with the pins. I'm going to put on another, pa- uh, another hat oh, here. Oh, drop the mic. Oh, so hello. for all those of you at home who can't see, I just yeah. put on a corduroy butternut, butternut hat, hat. with about... The- yeah. Oh 15 gosh. different pins on it. 
we'll, we'll bring these pins up later as they might correspond to some other things we're going to talk about. But yeah, so my first Dope. time skiing was around 30 years ago at Butternut. Uh, I took a, I took one lesson. Uh, you know, my mom sat in the lodge all day. Shout out to Carol for that one. And I got out there and I was hooked ever since. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, those first, that first year probably just went to um, mostly Connecticut mountains. Uh, we already shouted out Sundown, uh, Mohawk, you know, Woodbury, rest in peace, Powder Ridge, back. Covington. Maybe. It's all coming back. <laughs> but yeah, and, and I got really hooked and it only took a year or so that I kind of graduated from Connecticut in the mountains. And thanks to you, uh, I started going to a Vermont mountain called Okemo, which will also be talked about at various times today, I'm sure. But yeah, and um, I was hooked from the get go to this day. It's still probably my single favorite thing to do. Um, there's nothing like getting out there and just pointing your skis down and, and seeing what happens. Absolutely, man. Couldn't have said it better. And so glad to hear that. I'm sure the listeners are feeling that, that positive ski vibe. So let's continue. When you go skiing, when you hit the slopes, what is your usual approach to the ski day? Are you a first chair powder hound? Do you ski all day? A bell to bell lunatic skier? you more of a little, let's take a break. Let's kick off our, uh, our boots, maybe get some sunlight and, uh, and just chill for a little bit and then hop back at it. Maybe leave early, depending on maybe not ideal conditions. What, uh, what's your approach to ski day? Yeah, so I am, over the last couple of years, I've become a bit of like a day trip warrior. Uh, I have some friends who ski, you know, present company included, but it's not always conducive to us getting out there on the same days. You know, a lot of friends have kids and, you know, they have to make arrangements. So while I love skiing with people, I've actually really come to enjoy going skiing solo. I feel like everything I do in my life is with a lot of people and I love it. Um, and it's really just a time that I get to decompress and be by myself. So I've started really enjoying a lot of solo ski days. And one of the beauties of doing that is you're not waiting on anybody. So if I'm gonna go a day trip to like Okemo, it's about three hours from my house. Mount Snow about two and a half. That'll be about where I, what I do for a day trip. But I actually leave my house between 4.30 and 5 a.m. Um, I'm really in hard. the parking lot of either mountain uh, about a half hour before the lift opens, stretching out, gearing up, pumping some music in the parking lot uh, with the rest of the early crew. And I'm on, if not first chair, one of the first 10 chairs, because sometimes things happen, you can't get there right, right for the first chair. But um, so I like to get there early. I get as many runs as I can in at the beginning of the day when there's still not a lot of people on the mountain. You know, one of the curses of Vermont is that the, the Southern Vermont mountains get crowded because you got people coming from the tri-state area and all that, but as they should be. Um, so I've learned that from like 8 to 10 a.m. I can get about 10 runs and especially when I'm by myself and you're just hopping in the singles line. Um, you know, sometimes I'll chat, sometimes I'll keep to myself, but uh, it's, I, I really like to make, get every moment out of the day. So I'll get there really early and some days I'll go bell to bell. Uh, some days, if I don't have enough time, I might leave at two o'clock. But the difference between my two o'clock and uh, the average skier's two o'clock is that I've gotten 25 runs in by then. Um, you know, it takes a lot of work. I have, I have an, I have like a uh, a flow. Like it's it's kind of nerdy, but I have like the route I take if I'm at Okemo. I'm I'm heading right mm -hmm. to the south face, and I'm gonna start working my way over to the right towards Jackson Gore. Uh, if I'm at uh, Mount Snow, I basically do a, a couple runs right on the bubble. As soon as I have to even whiff a line, I go over to the north face. I know like where to go on these mountains. So, you know, one of the benefits of going a lot is you learn how to optimize your day to get the most amount of runs in. And I'd say that's really like my approach to the day. 
how do I go and get the most skiing in given that I know I'm only going to do it, you know, 10 or so times a year. Got it. Got it. No, that's great. That's great. And uh, early bird gets the worm as they say, uh, sure so on those, uh, dozen ski days, dozen plus ski days, say one of them is a five-star ski day. And my definition of that, which I've used on the pod many times is sort of like mid thirties temperature, no wind, uh, fresh snow, no crowds. And the sun's out. This doesn't maybe happen often in our, in any really ski location, but uh, what terrain do you hit first? Are you glades, you bumps, you groomers, steeps? Um, I don't know. What's your favorite kind of terrain, I guess, is the question. <laughs> yeah, my, my ideal ski run is, you know, a little bit of powder on the ground. Um, I like to ski fast and aggressive. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm not much of a carver. Uh, I can, you know, I have the, have the technical ability. Uh, I guess that's just shouting myself out real quick. But, uh, <laughs> I, you know, sometimes you don't realize until it actually comes out of your mouth. But yeah, that's what I'm doing. You know, I'm, I'm a pretty good skier. No, uh, but, you know, really, I Damn like to right. ski fast and aggressive and, yes. um, you know, yeah. a classic New England steep trail. Yep. where I could open it up, you know, do some long, you know, sweeping turns and uh, get some, you know, hit max speed. That's my ideal run. Um, but I also, if we move to like, there's powder on the ground, nothing is better than a glade. Um, yeah. You know, from a young age, we were always trying to duck into the woods, you know, we would just anything where you were going in between a tree was was awesome, you know, shout out to the Sachem side trails. But like, we there's something about being in the woods when you're skiing and just carving in between trees, the risk, the fun, the yeah. beauty. Um, so as much as I love, and I'm probably technically better at, you know, like downhill skiing, um, like pure, like downhill top speed, there's something about being in the woods that I, I love, uh, you know, being good in the woods is awesome. Yeah. Love the Good, good in the woods. Yeah. The, uh, as we think about, uh, maybe the next, uh, I know talked a little bit before we hit record about some des upcoming destinations. I know there was a park city in, uh, in maybe uh, up down the road, but any uh, bucket list or any other destinations, even if uh, they're not at all in conceptual uh, phase of um, plan, but what, uh, what do you, what do you think you may want to hit uh, one of these uh, upcoming seasons? Yeah. So I always, so there's, there's two, two phases to that. So part of it is given that I've become accustomed to buying the epic pass part of that is that i know there's western mountains that i can hit too it's part of the appeal part of why i buy it so uh for a while we were going to breckenridge shout out to tyler harris we were skiing at his family's house and love it there um, but i think next year i'm going to try to organize a trip out to utah and there's a bunch of um a bunch of vale mountains out there but i'll hit some non-vale ones too i'm not not mm -hmm. like that but uh i'd love to go to park city experience the champagne powder uh, never been to Utah, so I figure winter is a great time to give it a shot. Uh, other ones, obviously, I need to get to Jackson Hole. It's at the very, very sure. top of the list. Some of the best inbound terrain in, in the country. Um, Which will also make you poop yourself, depending on yeah, what, hey. uh, what line you hit. <laughs> From Connecticut, I say that I'm going to drop into Corbett, but I need to stand at the top of it. And the irony is most, most people that have been there tell you, yeah, you know, Corbett's isn't even the thing that you need to be scared about. So I look forward <laughs> to that, that challenge. Um, but it, it, um, I've still never skied the, the Alps. I'd love to make yeah. it out to Switzerland or like Chamonix or something. But yeah. the ultimate dream, I couldn't make it happen for my 40th birthday, maybe for my 50th. 
or maybe my 41st, um, heli yeah. skiing in Alaska. That's uh, the, I need to jump out of a, a helicopter into the snow. Um, whatever <laughs> happens, happens at that point, but I just need to do it and I'm at peace with what happens. But I think that's the ultimate dream, you know, the, the stretch goal. 64 miles an hour, man. Uh, yeah. Plus, awesome, awesome, <laughs> love it. Uh, and those are all great options. Uh, we talked again a little bit before we hit record. Where are you skiing next? I think it might be this weekend, a little reggae yeah. fest, but uh, is that it? Yeah, you know, got to get the reggae fest vibes going. So yeah. I'm going to be hitting Mount Snow this Saturday, um, uh, so March 26th for anyone listening later. It, uh, I'm sure it was a good oh, day. You're giving me a uh, lot of credit to get this thing out. <laughs> well, I'll tell you guys all now in advance, it was awesome. I had a blast. <laughs> it was awesome. uh, worth every penny. Uh, you know, so it's, it's a fun day at Mount Snow. It's been a couple of years that they've had it. It's kind of, it usually ends up being one of my last days of the season. Um, they always have some really good bands playing at the stage. It's right at the base. And if you know Mount Snow, you know that like most of the main lifts on the, at the, the, the core part of the mountain dump out to this one area. There's, they serve beer over there. There's a stage and always really good bands there. And uh, this year, um, we, they have the Easy Star All-Stars, which is a, uh, an awesome reggae group. And they're playing the album Dub Side of the Moon, which is a reggae version of Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah, go figure. Uh, Wow. Amazing album. I've been listening to them for a really long time. So perfect, perfect blend of uh, music and skiing. And they, they also set up their slush jump. Um, yes. They do like one of those cardboard contests where you got to make something out of a box and get down the hill on it without cracking your head open. Uh, so it's always a fun day. You know, you don't get as much skiing in, but for the end of March, that's kind of what you're looking for, right? You know, yeah. I, I talked earlier how I like to get 20 runs and I'll be happy if I get 10 runs in that day. That's more about, you know, getting some last runs in with your friends, listening to some good music and, and just enjoying the day. Uh, well, hey man, I, I couldn't really, I don't know if I could find a better way to maybe put a bow on the season. Uh, so that sounds great. And I'm glad you had a great time. So, yeah, uh, and uh, I know you just sort of related a little bit of maybe a sidebar, but uh, also just got back from winter backpacking trip, I understand. So uh, you try to maybe get that into before the season sort of warmed up on you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, you know, the common thread of all this is Vermont. And I love the state of Vermont. Love to have a place there one day. Um, so there's a area in a little bit north of Manchester, Vermont, so Western Vermont called, um, Merck Forest and Farmland. And it's a, a private property. It's a working farm. They do syrup and stuff, but they also have like 2000 acres or something like that. And scattered around the property are these, uh, eight or so, um, like cabins, but the word cabin is very generous. It's basically four walls, a roof, and a wood burning stove. <laughs> yeah. Um, none of them are closer than, you know, two miles from where you would park. So you got to wow. full pack it in. Um, you got to, excuse me, you got to boil your water. You have to, uh, you know, carry in all your food, carry out all your food. So it's a lot of dehydrated meals. We've learned how to do it. This is our, our 11th annual trip minus one year of COVID. So our 11th annual served as our 10th anniversary, yeah. you know, so yeah. one of those kind of things, but yeah. Yeah. great trip, uh, you know, a, a rotating cast of people come every year and uh, we had a really good time. It was really good to kind of get off the grid for four days. Someone who's connected to the internet at all times. It was really nice. There's no service out there. And it gives you a taste of backpacking without having to do the Appalachian Trail, you know. So it's yeah. uh, some of my friends who aren't as in good shape as I am. It's a little <laughs> bit of a challenge, but they, uh, 
they're able to come and enjoy themselves too. And we we had a blast. Everybody, we we had a lot of laughs, a lot of fun, and got some got some hiking in. It was a uh, it was great, uh, great way to kind of extend the winter a little bit. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you have the internet back because uh, we're gonna move on to a little college hoop, at least a little check in on the actual March madness that's happening in college basketball world, and. Um, you know, just it's the theme of the episode. So why not? As of this recording, we are looking at the Sweet 16, uh, though, as I might have referenced earlier, by the time this episode gets published, it'll probably be the final four. <laughs> but maybe not. Maybe, Close enough. maybe we'll get Reggae Fest in there. We'll see. But uh, any thoughts on the, uh, the tourney so far? I know we uh, expressed some uh, you know, disappointment with uh, the local team, UConn Huskies, uh, ugly and early exit. Uh, but perhaps it softened a little bit by uh, evil University of Kentucky, a two seed, uh, losing to 15th seed St. Peter's out of Jersey City. So, Mac represent. The Mac represent. Fairfield U. That's it. That's it. Hey, you know, uh, and they, they gave North Carolina a run for their money about maybe you know, two decades ago, but uh, at least at, by halftime. But, uh, yeah, so I don't know any uh, – I don't know if you've been watching it. Uh, I've been catching – I caught most of the games that started before 10 o'clock tips Eastern Standard Time, and uh, there's a lot to love. I think uh, Miami Hurricanes made Auburn look pedestrian. Auburn was two seed. Uh, let's see, obviously St. Peter's 15th seat, uh, Arizona escaped TCU, Duke escaped Michigan State, Nova escaped Ohio State, Gonzaga was down in both of their matchups, and of course, right of the ship before uh, zero seconds on the clock, Michigan held off Tennessee. Fast you, remember my Michigan, you remember my Michigan fandom, I I sweated the Fab Five so hard. I wore the long shorts. I still do. I wore yes. the black socks. Yeah. We named our basketball team the Fab Four. Like Absolutely. that nickname, that became a crew. Uh, so I'm happy to see uh, Jawan leading those guys yeah. uh, to, you know, they're a tough 11 seed. So I have to say, you know, the tournament kicked off when we were on that backpacking trip. And since there's, there's no cell service, um but the 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 next day so that was friday or yeah. after friday we went hiking we got to the top of the mountain clicked on our phones and all of a sudden started getting all the updates and my buddy josh goes computers beat kentucky and uh and he, so we got to experience that in delayed but it's, it's almost yeah. like back when remember the basketball games were aired with a tape delay and nobody could know yeah. the difference. So yeah, yeah, we yeah. didn't know it wasn't spoiled for us. It was actually kind of cool. But yeah, yeah, so I've been, you know, I got a bracket. My bracket, uh, I'm not winning the pool, let's put it that way, but Agreed. I have Gonzaga winning it all. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll get lucky. But no, I'm excited to see Michigan. I'm hoping that they could beat Villanova. You know, Villanova beat UConn in the NCAA tournament, or excuse me, the Big East tournament. Yeah. So I'd love some retribution there. Uh, North Carolina's making a good run. Yep, um, not Baylor, yeah. Mm-hmm. Providence, you know, who would, have, who would have thought that one there? I mean, you know, four seed, but still uh, not something you expect. I really thought Creighton was going to beat Kansas. That was one that surprised me. Kansas got kind of mm-hmm. lucky. So I think, I think Providence might be able to pull off the upset on Kansas, and I, I'd love to see that. Um, but, you know, I got to say, man, 
what the heck is going on with UConn? Another first round exit, another good team. Oh, he had to rip the bandaid. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what we get for having a Hurley as the coach, I guess, you know. I was thinking about, yeah, I was thinking about the 2016 team, the last one that won a NCAA tournament game. And Shabazz. No, that was after he left. So it was. Oh, it was oh actually, sorry. Won, won a game. Won a oh, game, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, won yeah. a game. Yeah. Shabazz was 2014. My bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, the last time they won an NCAA tournament game was 2016. They beat Colorado, which actually came oh, up right. on the last time we did March Madness, uh, local <laughs> madness with the Colorado crew. But I uh, rubbed that in their face a minute. But then uh, we kind of proceeded to lose in the first round last year. But anyway, yeah, it was uh, – um, but talent-wise, I think that was a team that had uh, – did have Jalen Adams, which was which was a really good uh, guard in his, in his time. But beyond him, they didn't have too many – that I can recall yeah. really good, you know, um, really good, you know, just, just, uh, athletes. And I mean, you kind of just had a lot of talent this year that it just, it, yeah, it just, it did not, that was, the that, was, season, that was a real upset. So, you know, yeah, no question. It's, yeah. The tournament, anything can happen. We all know that, but they should have won it. I, I, I was, I, I tend to pick UConn to win the championship just because. Well, good reason. Uh, Four championships yeah, in the last 21 exactly. years. Exactly. You know, for those of you who, who might not know, I did not go to UConn, but I went to UConn. Uh, <laughs> I was there when they won. Yes. I was there when they won the 04 championship. I was hanging out with Pub. I was hanging out with Pub <laughs> yeah. at his, at his uh, fraternity house yeah, and yeah, a dorm yeah. room yeah so yeah. i didn't i went to a nice yeah. little division school shout out bentley college yeah. women's national champion 2014 what up <laughs> but uh you know so uconn was my big college experience so yeah. i still take it personally when they lose and yeah. you know from a young age i hated duke and loved uconn <laughs> because of my uncle saying better later than never. Oh, uh, 1990, Kate George, Christmas. Dirty. Yeah. I think Kate George is in jail, but we'll, we yeah, can talk about that another time. We can talk about that on. another yeah. time. He was yeah. a great basketball player, though. So I still get really bummed out when UConn loses. <laughs> um, you know, but uh, it's they should have won a game. But what can you do? Should have, yeah. could have, would have. So I think now my, my heart is with Michigan. My wallet is with Gonzaga. Love it. Love it. And yeah, and just another shot at Duke. I mean, Duke definitely pissed us off in the, in, in the fab five days. So let's, uh, let's just make sure we're, we're sharpened our, uh, but going back to that UConn, we got to, you were at UConn mm -hmm. as I was that night. Yeah. UConn beating Duke in 04 yep. felt bigger than when they beat Georgia Tech to win the actual championship. No that was the craziest party night I've ever been to in almost my entire life. <laughs> That's why you go to a big school over a little, you know, little business school. <laughs> Absolutely, man. There was a lot of, uh, a lot of fire in a good way. And uh, yeah, there was just, it was absolute mayhem. And uh, I have lots of fond memories uh, and pictures of that night. Fortunately, that is, yeah. are so, not digital, are not digitized. So uh, yeah, so they will, thank uh, God. They're in, a, they're in a safe somewhere. Not even maybe I'm, in this location <laughs> i may or may not have seen chris wapitich jumping over a fire that night <laughs> another name drop i love it i love it man well hey you know what uh there's just always madness in march and we're about to dig in deeper on it uh but i'm gonna go with you too man i'm i'm michigan i'm behind michigan my wallet's probably i think gonzaga is probably a safe wall pick i think i did pick them too in my bracket that is absolutely destroyed by 
busted. Uh, yeah, just totally busted. And uh, but I will say I do have a good buddy uh, who's a, a Hurricane alum. So I'm also going to hope Miami can uh, can make it as far as they. That's right, make it as far as they can. Well, hey, let's um, move on to our main segment. It's game time. It's March Mogul Madness. So before we get into the game, my man, uh, one quick question for you: What two factors? are the most important to your sort of overall interest and decision to visit a ski area? Is it like average snowfall? Like it doesn't have to be necessarily like your favorite one, but just like, you know, if you were to go somewhere, would you look for average snowfall, skiable acres, elevation, vertical drop, number of lifts, number of trails, distance from your house or price, just to give you a sort of like a handful of options. What pick two and which would be the most important and the second most important? Yeah, no, that's interesting because I could take that a couple of different ways. Like if I'm being honest, the most important is distance to my house, because as I mentioned earlier, I'm a, I'm, I've become a bit of a day trip warrior just because, you know, I don't own property in Vermont yet. Um, but so distance to my house is important because I like to be able to just say, I'm going to wake up and go. Um, put that aside. And so I guess we can go second most important. It's probably like a combination, I'm cheating here, a combination of everything you just said, no, a combination of (laughs) vertical and varied terrain. So, you know, a good example of that is Okemo. Anybody listening to this is probably going, what the heck is this guy talking about? There's no vertical at Okemo. There's enough on a few trails and then there's enough terrain and it's in that sweet spot of, you know, I can get there in three hours. if I was taking distance and everything off the, off the table, I would go with snowfall and vertical though. Uh, if I could get to Northern Vermont um, in, in a shorter time, like somewhere like Stowe has like the great combination of what I'm looking for. Okay. Well, so I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to take from what I, what I think practically, I think where you started is where we're going to have to go. Most important. I think distance from your house to what I'm hearing from you. I think that's probably it. And then, I think, uh, yeah, I guess we'll go vertical drop. Yeah, I guess. Vertical elevation. Yeah, vertical drop. Let's go with that. Let's Let's go go vertical vertical drop. All right. Uh, This will all make sense later, but uh, (laughs) that's, uh, I just needed those two two pieces of information to get going. But uh, as we get into the first game, and I think you're going to like the name that I came up with, the theme is spring ski traditions of Vermont, but I call the game the Frosty Challenge. Oh yeah! <laughs> so another, another inside, inside joke story. by a great podcast. <laughs> no, I, I love every moment. <laughs> I made a oh, note. I made a note. Know how happy I am! I was going to explain <laughs> it. I know. I believe me. I'm see you beaming, and I love it. Uh, I'm feeding off it. The Frosty Challenge for listeners is a reference to a series of mountain bike challenges, probably better de- defined as shenanigans we did growing up <laughs> in the woods around. Uh, around our houses and the psycho and mud nicknames you might have heard earlier in the introduction came from that. Uh, so I, I just <laughs> so I just said, you know what? It's, it's still frosty out there, in uh, despite maybe the spring skiing that's uh, starting to happen. So I was inspired and needed to uh, to throw that reference out there. And I particularly liked riding uh, my I guess the mountain bike as fast as I could over a rooted trail just tree roots littered everywhere into like, just like a, like a, like a body of standing muddy water. For so some reason. What, <laughs> what mud over here is referencing is the root canal into the La Brea tar pit. <laughs> 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 and, 
We had a name for those details. Whole... Those details I might have forgot. That was amazing. So, so uh, a lot of my other long, I've, I'm lucky enough to have known a lot of friends that I still hang out with as long as I've known Jeff, who I don't get to see nearly as much, but every time we talk, it's like no time has passed. But my, my crew I hang out with regularly calls me the cloud because I store all the memories so that you don't have to. <laughs> Well, I'm going to have to add that when I uh, edit the pod for in the, in the intro. <laughs> the, e the e cloud. E -cloud. You know? <laughs> That's awesome, man. So, yeah, we're going to do the Frosty Challenge here. and uh, But, yeah, the actual theme is Spring Ski Traditions of Vermont. It's how this is going to work out. For every question you get right, uh, you get a point. All right, so we're going to keep track of points as we go. And you get to seed that ski area. Okay, so we are creating oh, okay. our, our own personalized custom bracket. You can seed it wherever you want. It doesn't have to be one, doesn't have to be eight, wherever you, wherever you want. We've selected eight ski areas in Vermont in preparation for the game. Uh, so again, as an example, if you get uh, three uh, questions right, uh, then you get to seed those three ski areas anywhere in the bracket. Remaining ski areas will be seeded alphabetically, moving from top to bottom of the bracket. So we're just gonna go, so start with one, then eight, you know what I mean? And then kind of go down from there. So there's really no way we can kind of fix the deck, if you will. I like it. Does I that like make it. sense? And I think I feel as like, a, yeah. Does that as make a, sense? As a mark, it does. As a market researcher, I like how you're trying to eliminate as much bias as possible. That's the core <laughs> of what I do as a profession. So I'm really happy to hear this right now. I'm so glad, dude. That's awesome. And I think I actually didn't even tell you like what the questions format was even going to be. This is a matching. Even game. better. This is a matching okay, got game, it. okay? So it's not straight questions. We, we do have a lot of those, but uh, this is a straight matching game. So we have our, I'm ready. our eight ski areas that we identified before uh, we put the uh, record button on. Those eight ski areas of Vermont are Jay Peak, Killington, Mad River Glen, Mount Snow, Okemo, Stowe, Stratton, and Sugarbush. And folks at home, don't get all bent out of shape if your favorite Vermont ski area did not make the bracket this year because like in any NCAA bracket, not every basketball program makes it. There's NITs, some just have losing records and they don't go anywhere. So maybe next year, your ski area, your favorite ski area from Vermont or a different state will make the bracket. So with that said, the events that I <laughs> found are a mix of fun, funny, <laughs> inspirational. There's an inspirational one, inspirational one in there and annual spring events. I found them all on each ski area's website. So disclaimers, oh. I'm sure some of the events are weather dependent and I'm sure some have been modified, canceled or rescheduled based on snow surfaces and terrain that's opened and whatever else, COVID. So there could be a little bit of variation, but uh, they were at once on the schedule of a ski area of the eight ski areas. This is not meant to be easy, Eric. Uh, I will just oh, also say I, that. I welcome the challenge. I've won a few <laughs> trivia bar tabs in my day, so I welcome the challenge. Let's do it. So I'm gonna read you the name of the event and then a short description. I'm gonna read them all at once. So if, you, if one just pops in your head, oh, I know that, jump in and we'll, you know, we'll put the bracket together. First up, the Slush Cup, April 2nd. The Slush Cup consists of two events, pond skimming, and get this, Mogul Madness! On Saturday, April 2nd, we will host Mogul Madness competition on the practice slope. On Sunday, April 3rd, we'll host the pond skim. The king and queen of the slush cup will be crowned based on the results of these two events and announced following the pond skim. So I know a couple mountains that it's not. Uh, because right. 
Okay. Because I'm going to Mount Snow this weekend, and I know they have their pond skin. So that one's out. I know it's not okay. Oh, well, I'll, let me go through them all. All right. <laughs> you should like the next one. Dazed and Defrosted. I April do. April 16th. Celebrate spring with soft bumps, cold brews, on snow demos, and of course, great live music. Your finest spring attire is greatly encouraged. Uh, the third one, the Vermont Open, March 12th to 13th. The Vermont Open presents the 2022 Bank Slalom, a two-day Bank Slalom event. Uh, open to 300 riders, split into seven age divisions. Uh, the next event, 12th annual Hope on the Slopes. March 6th, Hope on the Slopes pays homage to all those who have lost the fight and who are still fighting their battle with cancer. This year's date is Saturday, March 6th, and 100% of the proceeds go to the American Cancer Society. Next event, annual pond skin, April 9th. Take the plunge across a 120-foot pond at the base of Lincoln Peak. Whether you get wet or spectate from the crowd, be sure to participate in the annual Rite of Spring. Um, next up, Jack Jump World Championships, March 6th. What is it? Attach a single ski to a bench seat and thrust yourself down a slalom course. <laughs> uh, next, Trail Sign Auction. So this is actually scary. Didn't really have any big events, but they were having a Trail Sign Auction. Uh, so that's Okimo. Give me my, my, my answer. You right got now. that one. Yes, that is Okimo. Uh, I, I, so Jeff, um, I looked to see if the defiance sign was being auctioned. It wasn't, and I moved right along. That's why I know. Well, you have a defiance sign, so uh, you know you can auction it. I'm not the defiance. Oh yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Yes. Some, some people want, you know, Jimi Hendrix's original Stratocaster. I want the original skiers only defiance sign. That's right. Absolutely, man. Oh gosh, that, what that thing would go for among us, anyway. But yeah, they don't have a quote-unquote events it's interesting but yeah anyway yeah, yeah I, I did find that actually kind of puzzling i was like uh did i not like re refresh this in like you know a couple weeks but and then finally the sugar slalom april 22nd to 3rd the sugar slalom is one of the most recognized alpine races in america the two-day event can attract over 1,000 avid racers 600 spectators in mardi gras environment to top it all off the race also the race also features a unique vermont treat which you like from your farm Maple syrup on the snow, donuts, and pickles at the finish. All right, so you got so, one, you um, got Okimo. Yep. Go I'll give you the sugar slalom because I was there this winter. That's Stowe, right? That is Stowe. Yes, sir. All right, yeah. we got two off the bat. And what's right. cool is, like, I sound like I'm smart right now, but now the next <laughs> six are going to be guessing. <laughs> yeah, that's what I – you know, when I was thinking about these, I was like, you know what? I knew the Vermont, I knew the Vermont Open. I knew, I knew the Okimo and Stowe ones. And then I, what was it? And then I knew the, um, the jump jack one because I read it. I read about it in a separate like article. So those are the four I knew and the others I didn't know. So anyway, uh, don't feel bad. And that's sort of the point of why, you know, we're going to make the bracket pretty random. What was the first one you read? Sure. Again? This, the first one was slush cup. This is pond skimming and mogul madness. Okay. And so King and Queens were, you know, I know that's a Jackson hole thing, but I, uh, if I get it wrong, am I allowed to guess it again later? Yes. Yeah. So think okay. of that. You have eight guesses. You use two because you, you, you know, you got a chemo and stuff. Got it. Got it. You know? So think of so, it. That way. I don't know this, but my gut was that it was Killington. That is not correct. Okay. Yep. So do I keep, so do I keep guessing until I get it right? Or do you prefer I move on to something else and then come back to them? 
your world, man. We can keep guessing. You can tell I'm like, I like to follow rules. Yeah. I'm the most anarchist rule follower that you'd yeah. ever imagine. But maybe go for another so, up or go for another one, a different, a totally different event. That's fine. We got, okay, slush cup. You got the dazed and defrosted. Uh, so that, that one, that yeah. one, my gut was Mad River Glen. That is not correct. <laughs> you are not the father. <laughs> You're not the father. But what's funny about that is you actually switched those two. So I'm gonna, oh. I'm, gonna I'm gonna give you those so that we can just take those out and uh, so you know, the, only oh, the slush first cup one was uh, was the slush uh, cup is Mad River, Mad River Glen. Glen. Yep, and, and then the next one is Killington. and Defrost is Killington. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So read me another. Yeah, read me another one then. Sure thing. All right. So the next one, Vermont Open. So this happened March 12th to 13th. Oh, I actually know that one. I believe that was Stratton. You are right, sir. All yeah. right. Three, yes. Three out of five. I think I got an ad for that served to me. So as someone who works <laughs> as an advertising professional, advertising works, kids, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. All right. Absolutely so we right. have uh, the remaining three are the 12th annual Hope on the Slopes. And we have the an annual pond skim. I know that's very broad, uh, that name. And then we have the Jack Jump World Championships. And we are down to three ski areas. That would be Jay Peak, uh, Mount Snow, and Sugarbush. So that's what we're working with here. So the Jack one sounds like it would just be Jay. Why don't you go? Why don't you just like try to do the matching here? Yeah. All once, and then I'll reveal them. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so that one I think is Jay. Um, the pond skim, I'm just going to go with Mount Snow, even though I feel like I'm going to that, and that's not the date you said. And then the, whatever one you didn't say would have been Sugarbush. Mm. Over three? I'm going to give you Sugarbush because you didn't actually say the wrong answer. <laughs> so, <you've got> <laughs> me, <laughs> so I'm going to give you four out of the eight. So you got 50. I'm batting 500. That's a Hall of Fame career, you know? Absolutely, man. So uh, believe it or not, Mount Snow hosts the Jump Jack World Championship. Yeah, it happened wow. um, a couple weeks ago, March 6th. And yeah, people attach a, ski, a single ski to a bench seat and thrust themselves down a slalom course. I think they did it uh, in between uh, or right underneath the bluebird or maybe skiers left of the bluebird. Well, what's ironic about that is I was there three days before it. <laughs> Didn't, okay. couldn't, couldn't tell. <laughs> All right. And then, uh, and then yeah, the uh, Hope on the Slopes was Jay, that JP. Okay. The American Cancer Society and then Sugarbush had the pond skin. So there we All go. Right. So you have four seeds that you can make and then I will fill in the rest alphabetically from top to bottom of the bracket. I guess you could stack the deck a little bit if you thought hard about it, but I'm not going to even I could, but March Madness, you never know what's going to happen. There could be two mountains that I love, and I'm going to have to make a tough choice. That's but right. I'm, so how do you want to play one, this out, baby? How do you want to play this out, bud? So for the number one seed, I'm going with my heart. Okay, going with your heart. You know what it's going to be. All right, I'm it's playing it in. the mountain that really made me love Vermont. It's the mountain that to this day, it's not the hardest, but it's my favorite. Number one seed. Going into the tournament, Okimo, Vermont. Okimo, Vermont. Okimo, Vermont is now in the one seed. Okay. Number two seed. Oh, oh and Again, I don't have to go in order. Don't I can have give them, to. You don't yeah, have to. No, no this is good. I'm, thank you, because <laughs> I'm actually going to do something here. So, oh, okay. 
<laughs> I do. I don't want to have to decide between Okimo and Stowe early on because, mm. you know, again, Okimo's got, the, I, I mentioned earlier, Okimo is drivable, but Stowe, I just love. So Stowe's mm. in the number two seat. Okay. I think listeners are feeling good about that selection. <laughs> I yeah. don't know that for Yeah, sure. people are like, this guy rates Okimo as number one, but hey, <laughs> let, me hear, let me hear your number one. Exactly. Exactly. And, and let me just um, interject too, but, but let me also say this. Crowds? All right, and snowfall are actually not the best way to judge a ski area because they change so quickly and vary so broadly. So anyway. It's true. I'm actually going to rate Sugarbush a six seed. Yep, okay. Because I haven't been there in a long time. I remember, I like it a lot and my experiences are good. It's, you know, it's, north, it's northern Vermont. So I'll give that a six seed and I feel pretty good. Stratton is an interesting one. Mm. There was a couple year period where I was going there a lot because uh, a friend has a house near there and they're also a Fairfield family. Um, oh. uh, shout out to the Stratton Faxon road race that's run every oh, year. Yeah. In this yeah. Down by the beach. Yeah. I um, so I like Stratton, but I haven't been there in a while. I'm going to rate Stratton a four seed. Okay. All right. I think so, I gave you one, two, four, and six, right? You did. And actually, it, you you were able you did it in a way that none of them play each other in the first round. So, oh, look at that! So I'm, that's I'm, actually I'm, very interesting. Okay, so just review for folks that were tuning in at home that might have tuned us out while we were putting the bracket together based on the obscure rules of filling in the blanks. We have number one seed Okimo in the lead eight taking on number eight J Peak, uh, number five Killington taking on number four Stratton. And then on the bottom of the bracket, we have number two, Stowe, taking on number seven, Mount Snow. And number three, Mad River Glen, taking on number six, Sugarbush. Here we go. Where do you want to start? What, what part of the bracket do you want to start? Actually, this is, this is your world, man. Do you want to start yeah. in order? Do you want to start in the, in the three verse six, the five verse four, the one verse eight, or the two verse seven? Where we start? I think we got. I think we got. You know, in honor of St. Peter's beating uh, Kentucky, <laughs> let's go to not the one eight, but the two seven. All right. So here we go. Mount Snow. For those that don't know, I'm sure everyone knows where Mount Snow is in Dover, Vermont, <laughs> Southern Vermont. We uh, when I think of Mount Snow, I think of some of the iconic trails. At least for me. I had Bear Trap, the little short bump trail with the speakers on the lift, uh, lift towers. Uh, also, of course, Ripcord, Jaws over the North Face. Um, yeah. There's tons of trails over there. Favorite Lodge trail. Lodge is a good blue. Lodge is <laughs> a good one. <laughs> Lodge, yeah, wide open. Uh, favorite trail, I was just thinking about, uh, I actually like the woods. And we were talking about glades earlier. The woods off River Run. Uh, it's kind of just a tucked in area that doesn't get too much traffic because it's in an odd place, not near like any of the, the you know, underneath any of the lifts. And also Ego Alley. I mean, that slow double chair, I think it is. Maybe it's triple, but like just, just rollers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just rollers and no one is ever on it, at least when I've been there. I haven't been in Mount Snow in a couple seasons, but their lift system, you know, the bubble obviously is one of the most iconic, I guess, probably lifts in Vermont, maybe one of the first bubbles, I think. And they just have redundancy everywhere. You know, I mean, it might be get crowded on weekends as most ski areas do, but like they do have a lot of lifts. And as long as they're, they have staff to run them, of course, <laughs> they can move people around. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Mount Snow, I mean, it's got some really cool history. Uh, you know, they got Fountain Mountain, they the Jetson style air cabs. Haystack was connected to uh, Mount Snow, at least from a uh, snow. Which is now the Hermitage Club, a private ski resort. 
Right, right. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I, Haystack was good in its day. Uh, and they obviously were the early, you know, really early supporter of snowboarding and, and the X Games. So uh, a lot of cool history with Mount Sedell. I think it's just got a lot working for it, even if uh, maybe recent, you know, news and, you know, certain current owners and operators maybe don't give it the best image. But, uh, and even the, be- the, the, the town, the village, former Deacon's Den, you remember that little bar and restaurant wow. on the hill? Um, wow. you know, and just access to the Mar- Vermont country deli, maybe even on your way to town. And the, uh, the silo. The silo. Yeah. Big ass restaurant that closes and opens every other ski season. So yeah. I don't know, those are just some opening thoughts without giving an exhaustive history. Listeners don't need that, but those are just some initial thoughts I came up with in preparation. Anything, um, you know, anything, just thoughts on Mount Snow before we get into the questions. Yeah, you know, Mount Snow is like a personal favorite just because I go there a lot. I have to say, it's not my favorite terrain-wise, and the crowds can be tough there given, again, that the the trail, like they have that back-to-base trail system where everything, unless you're in the North Face, everything's kind of coming back to that main area. But if you learn how to do it, you can have a fun day there. There's always a good scene. Uh, Corinthia, you know, the, the, the part of the mountain oh. where they have all the parks. They've kind of tried to do like what they do out, uh, shout out to A Basin, where they have like that tailgate section, you know, at A Basin, it's called the beach and people set up some grills. They've tried to do that over at Corinthia a little bit. And the difference is it's people from New Jersey, but hey, whatever, I'm from Connecticut. St. Peter's, baby. Yeah, 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 represent. So, uh, so, you know, I like Mount Snow. It's, it's not my favorite mountain, but given that how quickly I can get to it, I ski there a lot. Okay. All right. Uh, so let's go right to the questions then, and then I'll tell you how this is going to work out after we do the same thing with Stowe, and then you'll get the rest of the game. Uh, all right, so multiple choice. On December 12th, 1954, Walt shut, shut Connect open Mount Snow after acquiring the land from farmer Reuben Snow. That's right, folks. Mount Snow is named after a person, not a I did not stuff. know that. I In addition that. to Mount Snow, Walt owned another ski area in Connecticut, which opened in 1947. Which one, Mohawk, Powder Ridge, Southington, or Sundown? I'm going to go Sundown. Incorrect. Uh, don't, worry, don't worry, you don't lose points. But, uh, <laughs> but I don't gain any either. <laughs> you don't. No, Mohawk. Yeah. Uh, that was not. my second guess. Open before Mount Snow, if you can believe it. And I'm looking at a picture of Mohawk on my screen. <laughs> the right irony now. is amazing, buddy. I can't yeah. even tell you. All right, it's okay. Brush it off. True or false? In 1958, Mount Snow's base area outdoor heated pool was the first in the east. False. I'm sorry, it is true. In addition to a <laughs> sun deck for tanning, an indoor what? skating rink, fish tank, and tropical plants could be found in the main lodge. All right. Wow. Multiple choice. During Mount Snow's 1970s revitalization and refinancing efforts, a local painting contractor named Stephen Morse from nearby Newfane was hired to strip and restain the interior surfaces of the Snow Lake Lodge. He later became an elected official. What office did he hold? Governor, state of Vermont, judge, Vermont Supreme Court, sheriff, Wyndham County in Vermont, or speaker of the house, state of Vermont. Oh, you weren't kidding that these questions were going to have no bearing on my knowledge of skiing. <laughs> Some do, but this one particularly is a historical. Uh, so <laughs> he didn't create Morse code, so we'll, we'll rule that one out. <laughs> uh, judge comes to mind. I'm going to go with judge. Speaker of the house. But oh. That's okay. That's all right. Over three. Over Brush three. it off. I'm... It's okay. Next question. Haystack. One where you really know well. 
<laughs> From the upper deck of the Summit Lodge on a clear day, you can see multiple mountain ranges. Which mountain range can you not see from Haystack or Hermitage Club's Summit? The Adirondacks, the Taconics, the Green Mountains, or the White Mountains? Process of elimination, I'm going to go with the Taconics. It is incorrect. It's the White Mountains. <laughs> the White so, you know what I have to say? I know where the Whites are, and I was like, well, that's the state next to it. Uh, right. But the elevate, oh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> well, you know, I think the Taconics, they like meet sort of in that like funky New York, upper New York. Uh, yeah, I thought, you know, I thought they were a little more south than they were. Yeah. I, I was thinking of like New Jersey, so I messed that one up. All right, we're going for the uh, donut here. Multiple choice. The Winter X Games. Corinthia, which you referenced earlier, and Mount Snow on the national, if not international, map over a four-year period from 2000 to 2003. How many spectators attended the Games? So multiple choice. Over a four-year period, the X Games at Corinthia, 20,000, 40,000, 60,000, or 80,000? 60,000. That is incorrect. 80,000 over, buddy. Wow. Oh, no. I got the golden sombrero, huh? <laughs> yeah, we're not in baseball season quite yet, but, well, I guess we are, spring training. 83,500 to be exact. Wow, good for them. Um, yeah, so their dedication to snowboarding happened earlier with Un Blanco Gulch, which you can see there's a sign on one of the lift towers, I think. I would have known that. I know that sign very well. <laughs> yeah. I, I could have answered any trivia question for the and sign honestly, going up that chair. So I was, I was honestly thinking about pulling all the questions from those signs, but I just didn't have pictures of them. So I couldn't remember like the years. And I was just like, ah, you know, I know this other stuff sort of. So uh, interestingly, though, fast forward to the 20, or 2002 Salt Lake City Olympics, Mount Snow sponsored snowboarder Kelly Clark, who grew up skiing and boarding, at uh, in the area and won the u.s first gold uh not only at salt lake city olympics but by taking uh, the first women's snowboarding half pipe uh gold medal of that olympics so uh, poetic justice they say for mount snow's early adoption and investment in snowboarding and train parks i love the kelly clark let's move down to stowe so again i think most skiers know stowe iconic trail certainly the front four for me that would be chin clip off the gondola I uh, wiped out uh, and had been wearing my new uh, pock goggles with the photochromic lenses that cost me a pretty penny. I had no idea why I bought those. For <laughs> I proceeded to scratch the heck out of them in uh, in my fall. So forever, um, I guess indebted or maybe chin clips indebted to me. Uh, but yeah. So uh, as for unique feature, how about the stone hut? atop the summit adjacent to the current Forerunner Quad Terminal. The original Stone Hut was a Civilian Conservation Corp project of the 1930s. Alas, the original one burnt down in 2016 when being rented by the late Jay Carpenter and his family. Of course, Carpenter founded Burton Snowboards, but the Stone Hut was promptly rebuilt, thankfully because, and fun fact, the second ever Powderhounds podcast episode, the Stowe Stone Hut episode, was recorded around the Stone Hut's big table with the only light beaming from our headlamps and the glow of the wood-burning stove. I highly recommend entering your name in the lottery to reserve and stay in the Stone Hut next winter season. Um, and obviously, you know, Stowe is one of the best maybe ski towns in the Northeast, <laughs> arguably. Yeah, it's uh, awesome. There's not much really that you could, you know, talk against Stowe other than maybe the access road on a busy day. Anything to add on Stowe or just initial thoughts where your your head might be going with uh, this matchup? Yeah, yeah. I love, like if, if it was just me picking which of these two mountains wins, it would, Stowe would beat uh, them in a landslide. Uh, 
as much as I quote unquote love Mount Snow, uh, Stowe is one of my favorite places to go. We've, uh, Melissa and I, my wife, have been going to Stowe with a, our friends Suzanne and Ben the last couple of years. And Ben and I will go skiing, Melissa and Suzanne will do other things. And we just have so much fun because of the aforementioned ski town. It's uh, It's got a little bit of a European vibe more so than a lot of the other Vermont uh, to ski towns. And the, the conditions are top notch. If you catch it on a powder day, you hit the front four, you uh, you know hit goat uh, rated one of the hardest trails in the in the northeast um on the right conditions it's it's amazing so i love everything about Stowe. we spend most of our time hitting the gondola and the forerunner quad when we're there don't really hit hit the spruce peak too much but uh gosh I, I if i lived closer to Stowe, i would be there every single weekend well uh buddy i'm actually going to save you a whole lot of heartache for the trivia questions here because how this was is going to work is whatever skier you score the most points for would advance. So because you got, got zero points on Mount <laughs> Snow and you already named one of the four front four trails, which was one of my questions for you, goat being one of them, you automatically advance Snow to the next round. Yeah, How do you feel maybe. about yourself? <laughs> I feel really good. You know, uh, goat, it's the goat and it's helping me move it along. So that's pretty awesome. So I think I'm going to ask you, uh, I think I, there's two that I, I kind of want to ask you uh, and then yeah. we'll just move on. So the first Sounds one good. is true or false. True or false, Stowe once had a single chair to the summit. True. You're right, true. Yeah, it was called the Mount Mansfield Single or C on the 1983 trail map. Yeah, if you can believe it, it was right next to where the Forerunner Quad now is. Wow, I did and, not know uh, that. They they have a slow trail there, a slow lift there, but I didn't know that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, they, 1986, I think, was the last year it ran. They, they obviously replaced it with the Forerunner Quad. But I actually talked to a guy, at, I think it was at Magic this year, and he was telling me a story where uh, they used to, on cold days, which is a lot of the time, uh, the time it's <laughs> though, they'd give you a blanket to, like, as you loaded the chairlift to go ride up by yourself. Yeah, I thought wow. that was the funniest thing. Yeah, and I think uh, that they even, like, some brand sponsored the blanket. So it was kind of like a big deal. Like who's going to get the, as he told the story, I couldn't verify that. Second question. I thought that was just a cool piece of history. And then the second question, um, I think this is just funny because I didn't really think about this and it's like, it's so true, but true or false from the 2006 to 2007 to the 2007 to 2008 winter seasons. Okay. So back to back winter seasons. Um, Stowe's trail count grew by 68 trails. False. Oh, see, I, the way I asked the question, I thought you'd be like, oh, he's, this is not to be true. So, uh, and, but I thought you were pulling reverse psychology. I know. No, don't think very hard about these questions. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you think I'm going somewhere on purpose, I absolutely am. Because it's like, it's just, it just like, I don't know, to me, it just, I feel like more people should know this. So, yeah, in an almost comic, and here we go, in an almost comical marketing move, Stowe's trail count grew from 48 to 116 when the resort abandoned its long-held trail count system and adopted the industry trend of splitting top-to-bottom routes into separate trails, typically marked by upper and lower or some uh, similar variation. So I thought that was, I'm like, oh yeah, that's how they get away with that. Yeah, like, yeah, ride the lift up, I ski three different trails down. No, it's one trail. Come on, guys. Anyway. Well, I got to say, I, I definitely learned something there. And uh, yes, yeah, as a marketer, I respect that move. 
Well, hey, you just made my day. The fact that you said publicly you learned something on the Powderhounds podcast. So here we go. So <laughs> out of the the bottom of the bracket still advances into the final four. Where do you want to go next? We got Sugarbush, Mad River Glen, Killington Stratton, Okimo, J Peak. Let's go Sugarbush, Mad River Glen because that one can go kind of fast. Because I have to admit, I haven't been to one in a really long time, and I haven't been to the other ever. All right, so Mad River Glen. Here we go. This is your three seed. Uh, you know, come to mind when it comes to Mad, Mad River Glen is a ski area. It is not a ski resort. It is literally a lodge, you know, a little bit of a base area and, and the trails and the lift. That's it. There's nothing around there. There's one parking lot, gigantic parking lot next to it, across the road and you're there. Um, it's iconic trails, paradise, double black diamond that you just go forever into the woods. You got, you know, mandatory air. You just got super steep technical sections. That's the most unique thing yeah. about Totally. Uh, Mad River Glen. Your base to summit chair is a single chair. It just uh, it just doesn't get any more kind of classic and unique than that. It's also historical, and its proximity to Waitsfield and Warren is probably you know it's just sort of distinctive characteristics there. Yeah, and it's right next to Sugarbush. Any other thoughts on that river that you? Uh, yeah, all I'll say is that sadly I've never been there. It's literally at the top of my list. It's just never worked out. I need to go if for no other reason so that I could get the decal for my bumper sticker that says ski it if you can. So I, I don't know much about it, but this will ironically be the one where I get all the trivia questions right. It's possible. Here we go. True or false, Med River Glen is America's only major skier owned ski area. I'm going to go with true. That is true. Yes. In 1995, yeah. skiers formed the Mad River Glen Cooperative to buy the mountain and preserve its unique character, which today is included as being America's only major skier-owned ski area. Good job, man. I have a friend who's a co-op member. That's why I know that. <laughs> well, you could have told me that. No, just kidding. All right. <laughs> true or false. In 2007, Mad River Glen underwent a $2 million restoration project to restore that single chair. False. That is true. Uh, I did round up. I will say that because I thought 1.8 million would give it away without being multiple fine. choice. But obviously, they could have put in a different kind of lift, but the unique character of the single chair, skier density, super important. You know, so uh, so good for them. I mean that. But yeah, dollars for a single chair. Yeah, I'm happy to get that wrong. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, <laughs> multiple choice. The single chair is also a medium-bodied golden ale with a bready aroma and a malt-forward flavor. Crisp and refreshing, it goes down as effortlessly as skis on a fresh powder day. What brewery makes this brew? Alchemist. Don't even read. He's got it. The answer, the answer is Long Trail. The, oh no, it's not. You got it wrong. Oh, that was, edit it Magic down. Hat. No. Magic Hat. Oh, shit. Magic cat, buddy. Yeah. You know what? Long. Oh, I'm not going to dig myself into a deeper hole. I should have let you give the answers. Was Long Trail one of the responses? <laughs> yeah, it was. So okay, good. So I still would have gotten it wrong. You would have went into the trap. Yeah. Yeah. Single you know, is uh, <laughs> it's the it's, golden it's ale. Totally. It's totally Magic Cat. I can see the logo now. <laughs> uh. I know, but it's like you know. Uh, yeah, Long Trail obviously is also in Vermont and uh, a little bit closer to Killington, but yeah, anyway, single uh, chair, Golden Ale's note to the single chair lift at Mad River Glen. Uh, one of only two such lifts left in the country, yeah, uh, single chair and celebrate your independent spirit. Uh, it's also available year round at the brewery. That's okay, you'll get redemption, I'm sure, later. All right, true or false, almost done with this painful. 
<laughs> questions. Mary River Glen is the only ski area listed on the National Register of Historic Places. Uh, I'm going to say true. Correct. That is true. Yes, it is. And there is a sign on the single chair that uh, lays all that out. And finally, multiple choice. What is the Mad River Glen Triple Crown? A, an annual competition. B, an actual crown. C, a double diamond ski trail. Or D, a restaurant at the base lodge. Uh, a. Correct. An annual competition. I've, yes, sir. I've heard of it. I've heard of that. And uh, yeah, this was my best category, the mountain that I've never been to. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, the fabled Mad River Glen Triple uh, Crown consists of three physically and mentally demanding events, the Mogul Challenge, the Unconventional Terrain Competition, and the Vertical Challenge. These events take place over a three-day period, back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back in a winner-take-all format. All right, and we're going against Sugarbush. Was that your uh, second? I think that's it was. six yep. seed. All right, so let's get down there, Sugarbush. All right, Sugarbush, I know you've been there a while, but Iconic Trail would probably be the Castle Rock 4, uh, sort of the equivalent of Stowe's Front 4. Uh, in terms of favorite trails, I don't know how you cannot be the, one of those Castle Rock 4s, but maybe over Mount Ellen, there's some good terrain too. Um, I think the lift system's super unique because on one hand, you have that Castle Rock double that's super slow and super spaced out. Each chair is super spaced out. And then on the other hand, you have the Slide Brick Express Quad that's the long, you know, one of the longest ski uh, lifts, I think, in, if not the U.S., maybe in the world. Um, I think you're right about that. It goes across the two mountains, right? Correct. Yeah, it connects the two mountains. Yeah, yeah. Mount yeah. Allen and uh, Lincoln Peak. And Lincoln Peak. Um, unique features. I thought the Jitney was kind of a unique feature, that little uh, kind of hayride, uh, you know, lift to the mountain from the parking lot. I think it's called the Jitney. And um, yeah, in terms of the, the town, village, uh, not too much at Sugarbush's base, although um, there is a cool feature. There's actually a road right next to the access road. It's called Powderhounds Road. And then there's also in, uh, in Waitsfield, uh, Mad Taco, and of course, Lawson's Brewery. And uh, in terms of proximity to other places, obviously it's neighbor Mad River Glen, which it's up against right now. So let's go. Oh, uh, any thoughts about Sugarbush? I know it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while, but it's on the top of my list to get back to. Every year we go to Stowe, we say, oh, maybe let's just do a day, you know, go there. I think next year we might. Um, you know, I was looking at a trail map again when we were thinking about this and I forgot how there's some good stuff there. So it's on my list next year. I'm, I'm making it back there. All right, cool. Let's do it. All right, true, false. In 1993, Warren Miller filmed part of his annual film at Sugarbush. I have to go with true. It is true. Black Diamond yeah. Rush. You um, want your ski? Go get it. <laughs> skiing? Shout anyone? out to Warren Miller. Anyone for skiing, RIP. Uh, multiple yeah. choice. What was Sugarbush's nickname in 1950s? Oh, uh, multiple choice. Mascara Mountain, Powderhound Peak, Sugarbush North, or Sugar Summits? I'm going to go with Powderhound Peak just because of the name of the podcast. Uh, that's what I threw in there as a trick. It is oh, an access road. Me. It is an access road, as I mentioned, near the, or it is a road near the access road. But no, the answer is Mascara Mountain, believe it or not. Yeah, Ooh. there was uh, some high-profile, well-known figures that uh, the owners at the time, Damon and Sarah Gad, brought to the resort to generate some interest. And among the group uh, of these uh, actors and, and whatever, the, the Kennedys came, actress Kim Novak, fashion designer, Oleg Cassini and his brother Igor. I got this from the website. I don't know any of these people. Uh, but uh, yeah, 1950s Mascara Mountain. Um, so there's that. All right, moving on, multiple choice. Which peak has the greater vertical drop? I know that's important to you. 
Lincoln Peak or Mount Ellen? In honor of your wife, I'm going to say Mount Ellen. You got it right. Yes, sir. Oh. 2,600 foot vertical drop to Lincoln Peak's 2,400 vertical drop. All right. All right. True, false. Sugar Bush Slidebrook Express Quad is the longest and fastest detachable quad in the world. This is true, false. Now, this could be that weird thing, you know, I'm trying to trick you. You it's said just, it was the longest earlier, but I'm guessing it's not the fastest, so I'm going to go with false. No, it's true. Oh, <laughs> it got God damn it. Yeah, believe it or not, longest and fastest detachable quad in the world. Installed in 1995, this chairlift travels a total of 11,012 feet between Lincoln Peak and Mount Ellen. It also is the second highest, um, at least in Vermont, at 4,083 feet. Killington is the highest. And finally... Mm -hmm. What Vermont band made a stop at Mount Ellen during their 1994 and 1995 tours? Fish. Mic drop. That is correct. You got, I, you got, oh my gosh. Okay, first of all, let me finish. Are we going to overtime? We're going to overtime, baby. It's three to three. Yes. And, but no, to finish this uh, question, uh, summer stage at Sugarbush North was where Fish performed on July 16th, 1994. Part of the playlist was, I know you looked up the playlist of the 1990 show at Wood, Woodbury before we started recording, but Silent in the Morning, Run Like an Antelope, and Harry Hood, and their uh, encore was Susie Greenberg. And oh, then in 1995, they played uh, July 2nd and 3rd back-to-back. So anyway, we have a tie. This is awesome. Overtime, the first overtime, I think, matchup of the history of the Powderhounds podcast. Um, I think, honestly, I'm just going to let you pick who advances and who goes home. My heart wants to say Mad River Glen, but I've never been there. Mm -hmm. And I've, so Sugarbush is going to beat them. Sugar but that's only because advance. I'm going to go to both next season. So right. Sugarbush wins, but if we do next year March Madness, I might there might be a a rivalry game. So All right. Sugarbush will Sugarbush will go. Sugarbush gets out of it with foul shots. All right, let's move <laughs> on. We got the five and the four seed Killington versus Stratton or Okimo J Peak. Let's do uh, Killington Stratton. All right, Killington. A lot of people know about Killington. Don't need to go into a uh, big intro here. Iconic trails. Well, with 155 trails, based on an industry standard, of course. Um, where to start? I guess I would say Superstar, uh, most iconic, probably favorite for most. But of course, there's Outer Limits over on the Bear side. There's Cascade. There's Oblivion, and of course, some of the glades. Anarchy is my personal favorite on a good snow day, obviously. Otherwise, don't go in there. Uh, the lift system, I mean, it's just endless amount of lifts at Killington. Um, unique feature, you know, I was thinking about actually Great Eastern, just that like green circle that runs forever across multiple mountains that uh, is perfect for a downhill race back to the Skyship parking lot. Um, obviously, the access road in terms of the best town village, I mean, it's just, <laughs> just so much entertainment restaurants. You name it, they got it. Um, and proximity to other places, I mean, Pico's next door. You know, Okimo's not far away. You know, Long Trail Brewery's in distance. There's even Plymouth Notch, the defunct Scaria now. But there's just, Killington's just in a great place. Gets a lot of snow. Uh, anything to add about Killington before we get into the questions? Yeah, I agree with all of it. It's one that I haven't been doing a couple seasons, but that's just an epic pass thing. Uh, I love Killington. You know, you got um, the stash, that cool, like, quasi-park, but through the woods. Um, I'm also a big Anarchy fan. You know, all of us have done Juggernaut start to finish just to say we did like mm. 8.2 or 6.2 miles, something like that. 
Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a great town. It's where I like to go with like people who don't ski and are going to want to have something to do during the day. Um, great, great mountain and one that I don't go to nearly enough. In terms of questions, here we go. Let's kick it off with true false. Killington has the highest summit, lift served access, and base area elevation. I'm going to go with true. Yeah, you didn't overthink it. That's right, buddy. Yeah, base 2,500. Biggest mountain, highest elevation. That's it. Exactly. And the summit, K1, 4,125 feet, atop the gondola. Multiple choice. In 2016, Killington began hosting the Women's World Cup Slalom and Giant Slalom Race. Uh, dubbed the Killington Cup the weekend after Thanksgiving. What ski area in Vermont last hosted a World Cup event? Mount Snow, Stowe, Stratton, or Sugarbush? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Stowe. No, Stratton, 1970. Oh, yeah, that would have that would have been the last answer I gave. Wow, wow, that's yeah. a long time. At Stratton's World Cup event, Steve and Phil Marr, I think it was Marr, right? We're winners in the slalom and the GS, respectively. If you remember those Olympic na- Olympic names, yeah, from the yeah, wow, and yeah, when they were coming up, um, yeah. And then also, Aspen used to host the Thanksgiving weekend event, but ended up switching to host the season-ending World Cup finals in March, opening up the spot for Killington. Those are two. Select all that apply. So a couple extra bonus points here. Killington has a few trail names that share their name with an actual with actual other ski areas. Select all that apply. North Star, Red River, Timberline, or Wildcat. So again, these are Killington Trail names. Some are, <laughs> some are not. Yep. But they're yep. all ski areas in uh, in the U.S. Uh, but which so, one is also on a Killington a Trail of Killington? I'm gonna go with Wildcat and North Star. What were the other two? Uh, Red River and Timberline. And you are half right. You have one right and you have one wrong. Would you like to refine oh. your answer? Yeah, I'm going to go with Wildcat and Timberline. Nope, don't do that. Oh, yeah, you got it right. You still got one. No, it's North Star and Timberline, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, Wait, Wildcat. isn't Wild, Wildcat in New Hampshire, though? Yeah, it's not a trail at Killington, though. Oh, well. I'm oh, you misunderstood wrong. the question? <laughs> Sorry. And, and hey, in my, in my game, if you misunderstand, you're still wrong. So uh, It's all good. Um, yeah, North Star is a black diamond off Snowden, and Timberline – so North Star, California, Black Diamond off yeah. Snowden. Timberline in Oregon is a train park off Ramshed. Red River is a scary New Mexico, and Wildcat is absolutely scary in New Hampshire and wow. probably uh, a trail name at many, many places, but not at Killington. All right, but you still got one point. So you got two points at Killington, so that's advancing territory. All right, two more, and we're done. How long is Great Eastern – that novice trail that meanders across multiple mountains, multiple choice, three miles, four miles, five miles, or six miles? I think it's six miles, isn't it? It's five. Oh. <laughs> but you're close. I mean, you know, yeah, you're close. Yeah. I know it was long, so I just went with the longest answer. Yeah, I, I definitely baked that one in, so I apologize for the deception. No. And here's hey, another possible. Name. Here's another possible deception too. Pico question, as I did with the haystack question at Mount Snow. Uh, <laughs> true, false. Pico is Vermont's oldest ski area and one of the first 30 in North America. True or Ooh. false? I don't think it's true, but I'm going to say true just because that's where my gut's going. Mm, you should have stuck with your mind. <laughs> so the true part of it is it was part of the first 30 in the U.S. So it does that is it is historical in that sense, but it is the third oldest in Vermont behind Bromley and Stowe. All oh, right, okay. so we got two in that one. That was Killington, and then we're at Stratton. 
So Stratton, we are um, also like Killington on uh, Icon Pass uh, down the road from most of the scares we've talked about. Iconic Trail, probably standard underneath the gondola and all the bears. Uh, you could probably say Kidderbrook is also either an iconic trail or a favorite. Unique feature, Vermont Open, of course, as we mentioned earlier. And of course, um, the Bloody Mary. I don't know if you've had it at the at the bar at the uh, Gondola Summit uh, Lodge. Oh, the I Gondola have. Lodge, uh, th not the Summit, the Base Lodge. Yeah, it just keeps getting taller and taller. Um, <laughs> some of the, uh, some, of the <laughs> yeah, some of the group me images from the Bloody Mary uh, orders are are pretty amazing. I, I dare I say epic with a K. But, um, or iconic with a C. Uh, yeah, and they have a nice little, you know, village, you know, built up village at, at the mountain. So, um, that, you know, obviously a lot to do for visitors. And again, proximity to other interesting places. Well, you know, the other two members of the Golden Triangle of the, uh, I guess they were the, the 80s or 70s reference to Stratton, Magic, and Bromley in, uh, in that sort of area. Nice, close together. Um, any other thoughts about Stratton before we go into questions? Yeah, so talk about a town that's gotten built up over the last couple of years. They've really, and the mountain like owns that whole village. They've really doubled down on like the commerce. And it's not always a good thing, but it's not always a bad thing either. And there's a lot going on there. Um, again, local Fairfield investment. And um, there's like, I think they recently opened like a Carnegie Deli there. Or I might be wrong, but I, I think so. <laughs> yeah, my, my favorite part of the mountain there is you take the lift from there and then there's the shooting star lift that hits some of the double diamonds right off that uh, good glades there. So okay. yeah, yep. big fan. Uh, you know, Bear Down is a, is a classic trail for me there. Oh, yeah. I think there's a couple of these trivia questions I think you might like. We'll see. All right, true <laughs> or false? Stratton is the youngest ski area of the eight ski areas in March Mogul Madness this year. I don't know. I'm going to go true. It is true. Yeah, Stratton's the youngest. 1962. All right, you got that one. Uh, multiple choice. 1983, Stratton became the first skier in Vermont to allow a new sport. What was it? Snow bikes, snow blades, snowboarding, or snurfing? Well, we don't need to get into our snowblading days. Uh, <laughs> let's just pretend those never happened. That was the only um, reference to them, and you sort of brought it up. So uh, we'll have to admit that we well, may have tried well, it one day. <laughs> what, what, what was the... A lot of things happened the night before that. That the statute of limitations has passed, but we're not going to talk about that. But uh, what was the year that we're? That was uh, nineteen eighty-three. Okay, eighty-three. Was that? Would you? I feel like snowboarding is the obvious answer, but it's too obvious. It's the obvious answer. Yep, Jake Burton Carpenter founded his pioneering namesake snowboard company in Stratton six years yeah. earlier and would hike the mountain to test his early prototypes no i had to give you that one because uh you had it man and there's no reason to yeah. overthink it and you were i wasn't i i wasn't going to talk myself into snow bikes you know yeah yeah or snurfing the uh predecessor <laughs> to the snowboard but that's its own that's it well if you haven't seen the the hbo uh, doc on on jake burton uh, it was it was yeah, top notch yeah that was, so awesome. that was yeah so the snurfing thing was was cool to also see all right you're doing great with stratton man i think it's in a strong position to upset killington although no i think it's ranked four over killington's five but anyway that doesn't matter select all that apply <clears throat> What Stratton trail names share the name of actual other ski areas? So same thing we did with uh, <laughs> that you got a little twist. I, like, I understand the question now. <laughs> okay, here we go. All right, Big Bear, Snowball, Sundown, or Tamarack. So you know, and yes, I did put out a, a little trip wire for you. 
on the it is. answers here. Yep, it is. So I'm not going to go, hmm. <laughs> so I started really confident, and now I'm uh, <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, read them one more time. Read them one more time. Big Bear, Snowball, Sundown, Tamarack. Two points at stake. This will seal yeah. I'm going to go with um, Sundown and Tamarack. You got one out. One out of All two. Right. You got Tamarack, which is a top to bottom double – or no, single diamond, black diamond. It's actually the race trail at Stratton usually. It's closed. Oh, okay. Uh, Tamarack, Idaho, and then Snowball. Arizona Snowball was the other one. Oh, it's, I, uh, it's also in Maine, I, I think. I myself out of that. Yeah, blue uh, square below the gondola. Yeah, Big Bear, California. I, that was your tripwire. There's lots of bears at Stratton, and it's yeah, like, yeah. But then I realized that it probably you gave me a little bit of an out, and then I realized it was probably not right. Yeah, and then I don't know why. I think I kept I put Sundown as a multiple choice answer in a lot of questions. <laughs> I'm I like tell it. You right now. You're getting in my head. You're getting in my head. <laughs> yeah. Um, so right now, Stratton has uh, exceeded Killington's point total, so we can stop here. However, I do want to ask you one other question. Uh, and you're going to get it right because I'm forcing the issue. But uh, multiple choice, staying on Stratton's trail map, what fast food chain flagship burger is a trail at Stratton? Burger King, Duchess, McDonald's, Wendy's, or none of the above? I got to go with the big D. Absolutely, baby. The big D. Black I diamonds. Knew, I, it had to be. It had to be. <laughs> Duchess, baby. For any of you guys not in Connecticut, if you're ever passing through, you got to go to Duchess. Gotta get the big D, and you gotta walk from D. middle school <laughs> to the two Duchess and play Mortal Kombat <laughs> on the console. Yes. And when you win, you gotta flip the control back so that it goes. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And then just for uh, good measure, there's a few other food references at Stratton. There's also a Cabot's Run. It's a green circle. Perhaps a nod to Vermont-based beet corporation Cabot Creamery, and don't forget Old Smoothie, a blue square. I don't know. All right, so like Stratton it. advances, uh, right. no question, the fourth seed. So right now, yeah, the uh, top seeds are doing pretty good, and other than uh, Mad River didn't make it out. All right, finally, Okimo, J-Peak, let's do it. We're going to start with J-Peak because alphabetical order is how my notes are. So just off the top, you know, J-Peak is the northernmost ski area in Vermont. Most folks, uh, you know, it's sort of a pilgrimage to the casual skier to probably get there. The iconic trails, anything with a glade. If you want, like glade skiing, you go to J Peak on a good snow day, which is a lot of the time. And uh, they have also have an aerial tram that gets you to the summit, but their other triples are also access great terrain. So you don't have to wait in the line if it's a busy day. Favorite trails for me, I love Timbuktu on skiers' right side of the, the ski area on the jet side. Absolutely just love those woods. I feel like I, I know them uh, kind of like the back of my hand. The unique feature is the J cloud. Uh, I know you're the E cloud, but there's also J cloud. I guess that could be my nickname, but let's not go there. <laughs> Make it rain, baby. But uh, yeah, there's just endless snow. I think it probably is the you know av highest average snowfall in Vermont. Um, and also they used to, at least pre-COVID, they used to have a uh, 
chocolate chip cookies freshly baked at the uh, customer service desk when you got your ski ticket, when you actually went inside to get it in those days. And I used to love that, man. I thought that was the coolest thing. Um, yeah, there's no base. Well, actually, no, I shouldn't say that. They put a lot of money, uh, perhaps uh, some sketchy money into it. Yeah, yeah, we all know about that. And Q Burke. Yeah, yeah, not so good. But uh, yeah, but my, my, at least before that, Montgomery Center was a 10 or 12 minute car ride uh, off the back. And, and I had my best, my favorite pizza there of all places it was a bacon apple maple syrup i think which sounds disgusting but let me tell you man it is not and not just you but the listeners uh, i forgot what pizza place that was but there's probably only one in montgomery center uh, and of course proximity other interesting places how about canada so anyway that's a little jp for you anything to add from there or just uh, no just another where i've never been there and it's it's a crime. We thought about going there this year instead yep. of Stowe, but again, going with non-skiers, it's not really an area that non-skiers have a lot to do. So it's a crime that I haven't been there and I'm going to correct that. Yeah. We're, and I'm, I'm definitely going to be happy to go with you for that, for that trip. Sounds good to me. Uh, we're going to do it. And there's a wave pool for those other stragglers. That may yeah. <laughs> but uh, again, sketchy money financed it. All right, let's just go. True, false. Jay Peak is the oldest ski area of the eight ski areas in March Mogul Madness. See what I did there? It's right. Yeah. It's about the youngest. So this is the oldest. Let's see. True or false? I feel like you start with true every time. So I'm going to go with true. I laid the trap. Uh, so well. It's false. Yeah, it's false. I yeah. didn't feel like the right answer, but I didn't know. So I just went with that. Yeah, all good, man. This is the, I keep you sharp. Uh, yeah, fourth oldest, 1955. Mount Snow, 1954. Mad River Glen, 1948. And Stowe, 1934. Of, again, of the skiers that are in this game. Brahma yep. is actually yep. a slight, is the second oldest behind Stowe. All right, uh, multiple choice. One of Jay Peak's signature annual events, an, appreci an appreciation day, now in its 36th year, at least as of 2019, pre-COVID, features what community? Farmers, fishermen, loggers, or musicians? I'm just going to go with music. Yeah, that would be something I, that would be another tripwire, although it was D in this list, but no, it's farmers. Yeah, farmers appreciation uh -huh. day, free ski and ride to Vermont farms, farmers on the last Friday in January. Yep. That was it. Uh, all right. So, Jay Peak, uh, not looking promising at the moment, but we'll see. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Have you done for a mountain that somebody's never been to? You hold on. It, it might actually turn around right about now. Tram, multiple choice. Tram Ale is a beer named after Jay Peak's iconic aerial tram. What brewery makes it? A, Alchemist. B, Lawson's. C, Long Trail. D, Magic Hat. Well, I'm not going to answer this one all cocky like I did with the uh, single chair. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I've drank a lot of beers and I love beer. <laughs> um, trying to think of the area. Don't think about the area. Okay. I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with, uh, Lawson's. I don't know. It's the other L long trail, long trail. Oh, oh, the one I was confident about. Exactly. But interestingly, it looks like it's discontinued though on long trails website. It now says they make ski the East IPA and ski for oh, okay. IPA. But it was, okay. uh, yeah, there was a tram mail back in the day. Um, all right, multiple choice. Speaking of aerial trams, Jay Peak is one of only two in the Northeast. What state is the other located in? New Hampshire, New York, Maine, or Massachusetts? Isn't it the tram at uh, Cannon Mountain in New that Hampshire? correct. You're on the board. Yeah. Right. I've been there. That's a great place. Uh, if this is in New Hampshire trivia, uh, that would be at the top, one, up towards the top of my list. Yep. No, Cannon's great. Uh, I'm with you there. All right. And finally, 
Last question to get another point on the board up against the number one seed. Uh, we'll, see if, we'll see if it matters. Uh, check all that apply. So there's a couple points maybe available here. Check all that apply. Like most ski areas, J Peak shares trail names with names of actual ski areas. I'm doing it again. I'm sorry, dude. I'm you I'm love it. Hey, you, <laughs> we all have our thing. This is not <laughs> so lame, but it's actually really good because it's stumping you every time. It's great. Uh, and not just you. Other, other, I feel like every time I do this, it's just a disaster. So I keep doing it. What Colorado ski area is also a trail at J? Yeah. Eldora, Powderhorn, Purgatory, Steamboat. Well, I'm the third time I do understand how to play this. <laughs> but since I've never been there, I'm gonna, it's going to be a literal guess, and I'm not going to sure. belabor it. Sure. Um, Purgatory sounds like it could be one there. You got it. That's it. Purgatory. Yeah. That's the and one. I'm just going to stop there, yeah. You know what? It was actually one. I think I was going to do a check all apply, and I was like, oh, wait, there's only one, and then I just never changed it in my notes. It just sounded like it should be a trail at a mountain like Jay. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, punishment. Um, well, that's not too bad. Two, two, two there, so. Yeah. Okay, here we go, man. Can you get three at number one seed Okemo? Here we go. Um, I'll just do the short intro, but uh, this, is, uh, this is home mountain, so let's go. Iconic trail for me, and actually I want you to go, if you can run down your, your notes here uh, to kind of go mirror, mirror it, maybe we'll go one for one. For me, the iconic trail was a 1990s Chief, when Chief had bumps on one side Dude. and groomed on the other side. What Dude. Do you, what do you got? So, so that's up there. You covered it. It's, it's the Super G racing trail now. It's fun to tuck and go on that, but nothing. We measured our manhood by <laughs> who could make it down Chief first. You know, we had some, some epic days just seeing who would still standing at the top. So you covered that. Defiance, also now known as Mueller's Run. Nothing against the Mueller's, but they should have never changed the name. Uh, that's an epic one. Second. It allegedly has like the steepest pitch. It's only for like, you know, 10 feet, but it has the steepest like pitch at that end section. That's an epic one for me. You know, forest bump, um, double diamond outrage. I mean, that whole south face of the mountain area, it's epic. Uh, you know, I'll put it up against anything. Maybe it's not the steepest, maybe it's not the hardest, but I love that mountain and you know, I'm biased, but I'm happy to be biased. I, I love that place. Yeah, and I also, uh, just because I wanted to, because <laughs> I want to chuckle for a minute, I also like those little woods off uh, <laughs> off Solitude uh, Terminal of the Lift. Whistler, another ski. Oh, area. yeah, the little open glade, like <laughs> yeah. New England-style glade or whatever. And, yeah. you know, shout out to the former North Star Express and a little trail that we call Uh No. You know, that's, a, again, inside jokes playing well on podcasts. But, you know, uh, <laughs> there's some good off-trail stuff. Uh, if you take that, um, the, the lift over when you're going to the south face, um, there's some, it's called Upper Wild Thing. And there's some woods off that where it, you're allowed to ski it, but the conditions have to be good. And if you get in there on a powder day, I'll put that up with some of the stuff at even Stowe. Again, call me crazy, but I've had some great times in those woods and I got the GoPro footage to prove it. And uh, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a good time. Absolutely, man. Lift system, you know, um, I, you know I, I think I share your sense of how to navigate Okemo fairly well. And uh, I think you can avoid former North Star, 
now the i don't even know what it's called uh but the summit the sunburst six yeah sunburst six there you go um and you can actually avoid the base lift um base lifts by hiking up to the sachem sachem quad well, I don't know if you have That's to take the, the magic carpet or not, but yeah. So and that <laughs> gets you over the south south base. So hopefully I didn't uh, ruin uh, too much intel there, but you still have to do it, and not people might might want to do it. So. You do, and you could argue that that sachem lift literally takes seventeen days to get up there. So are you really? <laughs> is it really saving that you much time? faster? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and obviously they've invested and moved a ton of lifts in the last couple seasons. Um, so um, yeah, just huge investments moving people yeah. around. Unique feature. You know, for me, I was going to say the cops are nice, at least in the 1990s. Um, but then they'll cut, uh, they'll cut some kids who made a mistake a little bit of a break, you know? Yeah, yeah, just as uh, they should. So, um, but yeah, the Beyond the Town stuff, I also got a shout out to DJ's Salad Bar. Oh, the um, best. The croutons especially. Also, um, apparently there's a new video game bar and maybe a pizza joint that just opened in, uh, in downtown Ludlow. Thank you, Bank Show, for pointing that out if you're listening. And um, yeah, just obviously a lot of things to do. And the proximity to other interesting places, like, I don't know, you have a half a dozen ski areas within an hour drive. So just, just centrally located. So um, anything else to add? Uh, just sort of that little rundown before we get to the questions? I could go on forever about Okimo, so I'll just keep it brief. I've, I've sprinkled a little in here as well, but you know, just a lot of good memories there. Christopher's, the bar that's like underground at that place, the mill when you're in town. Um, uh, Brewfest Beer Company, amazing liquor store in town that you can get basically any Vermont microbrew uh, and lots of other good beers. Uh, as far as, you know, the memories there, we had friends who lived off Sachem. The memories go into your place on Winter Place and Kettlebrook. Uh, again, the statute of limitations have passed, but I'm still not going to share some of those stories. Southern Comfort. I learned all about Southern Comfort in, in Vermont, believe it or not. And uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for all of the memories there. And I, I love that town. Ludlow is a great place. Absolutely. And we should make a plug. We're probably going to do an Okima specific episode sometime down the road. But for now. Get ready. Those stories will be told in that episode. Exactly. You might have to, that might be a Patreon episode, too. We'll see. If we get there. Uh, but let's go with uh, our five trivia questions. And to see if Okimo can advance, you need three points out of five questions. Although, I guess maybe you just need two if I apply the same tiebreak rules. But we'll see. All right. Multiple choice. The Red, at the time, the longest surface lift ever installed in North America, would operate beginning in 1956 at Okimo. What trail is now that former lift line? Multiple choice. Is it Arrow, Nor'easter, Sachem, or World Cup? Ooh, that's a tough one. And if you I'm going to go. Oh, no, go ahead. Yeah, no, no. Uh, I, I'm going to go. I don't know this. It's a total guess. I know that the red and the green are the original lifts. Yep. Um, yep. Is it Sachem? It is not. That is incorrect. But there's a related yeah. bonus question. Okay. You. What trail before its widening was the home of the green Palma, the green lift? I'm not going to give you, I didn't Oof. put multiple choice, but if you Tomahawk? know. No, it's the Jolly Green Giant. Oh, that makes so much sense. Oh, that makes so much sense. <laughs> no, I thought that was the coolest piece of history about Akimo I found. And I was just like, that's oh my awesome. God, that's brilliant. Um, yeah, but no, the uh, answer to the first question was Nor'easter. Yeah. Oh, wow. That, that makes sense if I'm thinking about the layout of the mountain now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All Run right. Seed takes a little hit. 
Well, hey, multiple choice. What ski area attempted to take over Okemo in 1979? Was it Bromley, Killington, Middlebury Snowball, or Stratton? Oh, wow. Damn, the one seed getting the, the, <laughs> getting worked. The one seed getting worked. Uh, we can come know. back to it. Why don't we come back to it to no. see what matters? Oh, okay, yeah, that could be fun. Make me yeah, like, sweat it out a little bit. Yeah, sweat it out because uh, I know you want to see them advance at least one more round. All right, open-ended. So you're going to have to guess this. Before the Summit Lodge uh, cafeteria, what was the name of the Summit Hut or Lodge located directly under the lift, the Summit Lift? And I'll accept two answers. This, uh, this refuge on the summit operated from 1955 to 1956 with one name and then from 1984 to 1992 with another name and then the summit lodge was built. Mm. I actually think I know this. All right, let's keep going. We'll come back. It's, I want to, I, I see. Yeah, 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 cool, cool. I think really, I know that one. He's really stressing everybody. I just want to know there's rubbing of the eyes, there's moving in the seat. So this is really causing some problems. All right, let's move on. Open-ended. What was the name of the barn bar at the base as late as 1996? The, the loft. The loft. Now it's the loft. Yeah, I was going to say. I don't But so it used to be in 1996, it had a different name. There might have been a name in between, but I would accept both. What was the name before the loft? Do you remember? Oh, wow. All right, let's go back to any of the other ones. The one, the, the, the one that you uh, thought you knew. Yeah, you, yeah. Uh, is it the, it was the, the wigwam. Yes, you got it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it was a Native. I knew it was a Native American name, and yes, I, 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 I remember. I remember. I remember. So I would have also the, accepted the beach house. Oh like, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, I remember the wigwam more. I remember the wigwam more. All right, let's go with. Um, so you just need one to tie. Uh, but let's go to the new one since you're not sure about the uh, those other two. It's just building suspense, everybody. I hope you're with us. Uh, chronological order. This is a whole new question concept. Order these four developments from oldest to newest. Oh, this I might get. This I might get. Jackson Gore, Sachem, Solitude, and South Face. I just listed them in alphabetical order. So again, Jackson right. Gore, Sachem, Solitude, South Face. What is the order from oldest to newest? And, and by development, do you mean trail system or houses? Mm, because I think I South, mean... South Face isn't uh, this isn't giving it away. South yeah, trails, Face trails. Isn't the reason okay because they're trails. only building houses there now. Yeah, yeah, trails. So that's a good question. Yep. Read them one more time. Yep. In alphabetical order: Jackson Gore, Sachem, Solitude, South Face. Okay. Sachem. Correct. Solitude, South Face, Jackson. Got it. Hundred percent. That's that it. Chemo advances if we play by the rules of what we did with the tiebreak, the last one. That's all you And then to. I want to guess the one, the other one I thought I knew is who tried to take it over. I think it was Bromley. Correct. You got it. And now you was, the fight. other one I have no the other one I have no clue. It was Dad's. Wow. 1996. Yeah. It was called Dad's. Oh. And we were skiing there. I just didn't remember. I always thought it was the loft. That's it. That's it. Yep. I want to say there was like, was it Bob's at one point? I feel like it, it could have been. been. It could have been. <laughs> I don't know. All right. So 
we just went through our uh, our elite eight, and now we have a final four. And everyone, all don't right. worry, we covered pretty much all the ground. And now, <laughs> yeah, it'll go quicker now, everybody. Don't worry, it'll go a lot quicker <laughs> because we, you know, remember those two questions I asked you at the beginning of the game about yep. what what uh, gets you to the ski area? You said yeah, you said vertical elevation. You hem and haw a little bit, but basically, it boiled down to vertical distance from our house. So, what we're gonna do? for our, uh, our final four matchups is to use those, uh, those uh, objective measurements to advance like the area. So your second important, most important one was vertical drop. And I think your most important one is distance from your house. So we're gonna use the vertical drop to get to our final two, and then we're gonna use distance from your house wow. to get to the winner. So wow. first up, Sugarbush versus Stowe. Let's see how this plays out, everybody. So, <laughs> vertical feet. Stowe comes in at 2,360 vertical feet. Sugarbush, 2,600 feet. Sugarbush, the sixth seed. The upset. Upset Stowe, everybody. Hold wow. on to your hats. Wow. Sugarbush is in the championship game against who? Either Okimo or Stratton. Let's go to the uh, chart to compare. We're looking for vertical drop, Okimo, Stratton. Let's start with Stratton. Stratton's vertical drop is 2,003 feet, conveniently. Okimo's 2,200 feet. Okimo is in the finals against Sugarbush. Oh boy, how about them apples? And distance from your house, everybody. I think we know what you're doing. So is it? Is it closer or farther wins? Closer? Oh, yeah. I was thinking closer. So I measured Okimo is 193 miles from Fairfield. And Sugarbush is 270 miles. That means Okimo, the number one seed, somehow defied logic of random chance in terms of all these fucking <laughs> things that got the damn seeds the way they were and still somehow won. You know, I think that just speaks to... When your heart, you know, the sentimental champion wins sometimes. You know, this is mogul madness. Anything can happen. You know, even though they were the number one seed, it's still an upset because I was answering random ass trivia questions. Uh, it all came down to knowing the order of the development, which is something I could rationally think about in my head. That's right. Um, so, you know, I'm proud. I'm, I'm looking at the picture of you with the Okimo uh, turtleneck on. I got the Okimo pin right <laughs> there. It. That's it. That's uh, it. And it was, uh, it, was, uh, it was a good tournament, and I think things happened. I'm glad it didn't come down to Okimo and Stowe, even though it was a completely arbitrary one winner choice. <laughs> but uh, I'm glad it didn't come between the two that I like, and I, I didn't have to make the decision myself. Yes, that's what I was hoping would happen. And just so you know, you are not quite done yet. Oh, okay. Well, we do have our March Mogul Madness Ski Area Champion. I want to know if we have our actual March Mogul Madness all-time point total champion. And for that, we need to play one more game. One question. All right. Final Jeff party. Eric, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. So my total says you have, you have 17 points from the trivia questions. Uh, that might not be quite exact, but that's as far as I was keeping track. Sounds good to me. So, as <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to object. So, we got 17. I'm going to ask you one question. 
and you have a decision to make. I'm not going to tell you what last year's Mogul Madness champion ended up with. What would you, like, just like in Jeopardy, the actual game, do you want to wager anything or do you want to stay at 17 points? Now, there's a little bit of, uh, you know, you know, uh, safety in staying perhaps with that strong maybe number, but you actually also don't know what, you know, the other person ended up with. So maybe a small adjustment could be good, but I don't want to give too much away either. Do I get to hear, like, do I get a hint of a topic or is it yes. just I have to make the bet? I'll give you a hint. It's the topic is place. <laughs> it's place. <laughs> place. <laughs> hey, that's, that's Jeopardy. Yeah. You know what? Let's make it a true daily double, Alex. I either want to win big or not win at all. All right. 17. Whoa. Okay. Going for, wow. You're going for the, wow. Okay. Like never to be touched upon if you get this right. Yeah. Okay. I love it. I love it. I think that's really exciting. And uh, you're going for 34 points. That is super strong. All right. Here we go. Topic is place. And here's the question. Now, I guess I should also preface since you probably have not heard the, uh, Jeff Purdy format before. I'm going to give you three hints in addition to obviously the question. And, uh, you know, I, I help you get there, I, I like to think, uh, <laughs> until it's uh, either plainly obvious to me, but maybe not you and I stop. But uh, I think I have a good feeling about this. I do have a good feeling about this. I guess I will, will share that this is not a perfect match, but I think it will be totally acceptable to you. Uh, once you know it's revealed what the answer is but so with that said a location on the trail map of one march mogul madness which was in the championship game the ski area shares a name with a fish song what name is shared okay so oh boy don't even i knew the i knew the answer before you said the fish song whoa so I'm going to say, just so that I don't get gypped on this, I'm right, going to say the big. official name. I'm going to say the big. official name, and then I'm going to say what we call it. It's called, it's at Okima Mountain. It's called the Sugar House, but we've always called it the Sugar Shack. <laughs> you got it buddy 34 points yeah wow so I, re- I realized wow. you picked you picked something that i really had a chance to guess um it's yeah but that's still a random location and that's <laughs> 34 points that's oh, why man. you go all in that's, that's why, why you go, go all in. in my man well hey listeners just so you know what what just happened let me just say the hints here we go below the quad yeah that was the first one and if you actually know chemo's trail map well b quad is the name for those redundant trailers at the bottom which is actually yeah. the closest to the sugar shack or the sugar house as the trail map may say but for us it's always sugar shack hit number two hot dogs hot dog hill is the beginner terrain park right next yeah. to the sugar shack and finally the hint that you call you referenced first, but I had it built in just in case. Uh, no. That would be <laughs> Okimo Mountain Resort. And uh, again, I admitted not a perfect match, but uh, I figured you'd appreciate it. And damn it, man, you did. 
<laughs> I feel great. It, it feels great to have such a strong showing. There were a couple of dicey rounds there, but like a true champion, I came through in the end and, and, and hit the shots when it mattered. You know, it's a, it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. Could not have wrapped the bow tighter to the episode and to the overall vibe of what we did here with the uh, March Mogul Madness 2022. Again, you surpassed, not only did you set the all-time record at 34 points, but you surpassed last year's tournament winner by, let me see here, if I do the math here. Oh, yeah, 24 points, my man. I mean, just absolute Hi. domination. Um, just like I ski, dude. I go bigger, I go home. That's right, that's 64 miles an hour. Well, hey, man, <laughs> uh, this brings us to last chair, closing out. Anything we missed, anything to plug? This was awesome. I appreciate the hospitality. It was great getting to relive some of these memories, talk about some of these ski areas. I already have a long list of places I have to go next season now. Um, I'll leave you with a plug. So I, I make YouTube videos. Um, I go by Good in the Woods Productions tell you another story about that name another time uh go to youtube type in good in the woods productions uh you'll see some videos you know they're probably not as entertaining if you're not me the people i'm with or my wife but it's a lot of fun I, i'll take like you know day trips or uh, vacations and put it to a song and show a lot of good highlights so if you like to see ski mountains you like to see national parks areas like that check me out yeah good in the woods productions I got stickers, you know, if I ever see any y'all in person, I'll hand them to you. Um, so, yeah, that's about it. I had a lot of fun, though. Awesome, man. We will put that in the show notes. So long overdue. I'm so glad we were able to sneak it in before the ski season officially wraps. We are in spring, but and it is March Madness, but it is not yet over. I can't thank you enough. You are welcome back anytime. I'm looking forward to hopefully putting together that Okimo-specific episode at some point next season and maybe some others. We'll uh, – We'll keep it open. But uh, that does it for us this episode. I hope you had fun, listeners. Happy March and happy Mogul Madness, friends. See you on the slopes, Powderhounds. Yeah, thanks, everybody. If you're still listening, we appreciate you a lot. It's 4 o'clock. Time to catch the last chair. Thank you for listening. Have a question, comment, or correction? Email me at powderhoundskitrivia at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at powderhoundskis. You can also subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast Manager, Verbal, Spotify, and Stitcher. Just type Powderhounds Podcast. Until next time, see you on the slopes, Powderhounds.